Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. Good morning, everyone. Um, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Mezen. Um, I am Andre Ferreira's wife. He is the associate pastor, and we support Henny and Rochelle in pastoring the church and the congregations in here, Randburg and in Sanson. Um, this is a picture of what my brain looks like, all tabs open. Um, Alex said that, can he move some of this? I'm like, please don't touch it. There's so much open with markers and things. Um, so if you don't follow and if I speak all over the place, I'm sorry. I'm really trusting God to put order to what I'm saying. But this is just a quick glimpse of my brain, maybe a little. Um, this morning, I'm just going to be sharing on when I'm weak and Lenka just said to me that this is a, a collab. She's excited to collaborate with me. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. I'm collaborating with someone. Um, so the pictures that you see were all illustrated by Lenka. And I'm really trusting that the pictures also speak to something in your heart. Um, I asked her to come and share a testimony this morning, but she's away this weekend. And she just said that she's trusting that her pictures will speak on her behalf and testify of what God is doing in her heart. Um, so I'm trusting that... That also speaks to you somehow. We all hear and receive differently. Um, and maybe that's one way that God wants to speak to your heart this morning. I'm going to pray for us before we start. Father, I thank you for your goodness, God. Thank you, Lord, for your presence this morning and always. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you come and speak to our hearts, God, and that you come and bring comfort, bring freedom, bring surrender, and start awakening our hearts to trust you, God. Trust you in ways we haven't been able to. Trust you in ways that we've forgotten to. And may we know you, God, and may our lives bring glory to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I wanted to share a quote from, so some of the quotes that I'll be sharing are from this book, The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. It's such a cute book. Um, it's a kind of book that I like reading because it's, you can read one page and you're finished with whatever <laughs> is on that page, which is great. Um, here's my disclaimer. So the book is about a journey of a horse, a boy, a fox, and a mole, and the, the horses seem to be this big, strong thing, and the mole is tiny, and the boy is like feels like insignificant and small, and the fox also gives some wisdom. Um, but this conversation is between the horse and, or this moment, is between the horse and, and the boy. And the horse says to the boy, Tears fall for a reason, and they are your strength, not weakness. Let me just read for us from 2 Corinthians. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. And this is Paul speaking, um, speaking about the, the infirmity that he had, that he, that he asked God to remove. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. 
So I just want to take you a bit on a journey that I've been on for the past six, six months or so. It's August. What's that? Eight? Nine? Okay, ten months now. Um, I'm, not a, I'm not a preacher like, like Neil or Henny that like, does exegesis stuff and goes into scripture and explains the context. And I'm not going to do that this morning. So I'm going to just share my story and how God has been speaking to me and how he's changed my heart and then back it up with scripture so that it's not just my experience that I'm talking about, but that it, that it is God and that you go back to the word and that you go back to, to what God is saying rather than my story. Um, a few months ago, I was really struggling with, I came to, I came to the Lord in 2003, but the past, the past few months have been a real struggle for me with the Lord, just wondering, am I still saved? I don't know. I, I, I really don't desire God. My heart has become hardened, and I don't want to speak to him. I don't want to spend time with him. I don't want to know about his goodness. I don't want to hear about his goodness. I don't want to sing about his goodness. I don't want to... I just want to control my own life, because that's something that I can predict. It's more like if I fail, then I know it's because of my bad planning. But if I put my trust in the Lord and he doesn't come through in the way that I want him to, then I'm disappointed and that's hard. And it's difficult to hope in things that you don't get the way that you want to get them. And then you get disillusioned and uh, you struggle with offense towards the Lord because God, why didn't you do it the way that I wanted you to? Um, so just to give some context to that, I've been disappointed. I've been disappointed in the Lord in in a lot of questions that I've asked him, I've asked him for, for healing for so many people, and they didn't get healed. I asked him for salvation for family members, and they didn't get saved. Or they got saved at a very late point, <laughs> like a few days before they died, and things that, that God answered my prayers, but not the way I wanted him to. And I got disappointed. And as a result, just started stepping away from the Lord. Like, can you just not come close? Can you just, can you just leave me? It's, it's safer and it's less painful and it's less vulnerable. And I have more control if you're there and I'm here. And we just do our things separately. And um, that's where I was. And then we started this... Um, this course thing with, with Henny, and I was like, oh, this is so irritating now. Henny wants me to, to learn about contextualizing and uh, all this stuff about the gospel and getting into the word and teaching and stuff, and I was like, oh, I've got work to do. And um, the one day we spoke about um, the cross of Jesus being sufficient for our salvation and our sanctification. And I said to Annie, you know what, actually, I don't believe that. Like, like, I get that God's goodness led me to repentance for salvation, and he did that work, and that was really all him. But this working out your salvation part, like the rest, the whole journey, that's felt to me like it's been up to me mostly. Like, if I don't bring my part, then God doesn't bring his part, then there's no relationship. Like, that's, it's felt like I must work at this, work for it, um, rather than God doing a lot of stuff. And we were going through this, this scripture, Philippians 2 verse 13, which says, It is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And I was really struggling with this concept. And I was like, but 
I know that I know that the word is true, always. And I know that when I don't agree with it, it's because I don't understand it. Because it's truth. No questions. And then I started just saying to God, God, I want to desire you, but I don't. And I've tried in my own strength to work up this desire thing, but I don't, I'm not getting it. Like, I'm not, this, this desire to follow you is not coming. <laughs> like, I want to thirst for you and I want to be hungry for you, but I'm not. So if you say that you'll give me the ability and the desire to follow you, then you do it. And I just want to read to you. So I have this, this journaling Bible. <laughs> I've had it for a few years. There's some scribbles. My kids also scribble in it sometimes. Um, I just wrote this. On this journey of rediscovering, trusting him, after disheartening hurts and many disappointments, if God said he will complete what he started and give me both the desire and ability to follow him, then he will. At the moment, my heart is full of bitterness, distrust, and unforgiveness. I'm tired, and I don't want to be held or seen. And then, see, here comes the tears. Ah, la, la. Okay. And then um, the one night, we were getting ready for Ignite. Sorry for those of you that have already heard this story. Maybe God wants to tell it to you. We were busy getting ready for Ignite, which is... um, you know, learning about salvation and like it's the start, the first part of our foundation series of getting to know God. Um, and I was so irritated. I didn't want people to, to sign up. I was like, why do people want to get to know the Lord now? Can't they do it at another stage? I'm tired. I don't want to present or host this course at all. Or like, and, um, and then so many people signed up and so many small group, small groups are like, yes, we want to come and facilitate. And I was like, oh, fine. Um, sorry. <laughs> and um, my life looks like chaos. And Becca got there, and she's like, Mizen, um, are we going to pray beforehand? And I was like, okay, fine, we'll pray. And I was like, okay, now I've got to pray, but I really don't have capacity to to fake this. Um, I'm not going to pray a big prayer or whatever. And I remember um, we got together, all the facilitators, and I just prayed. God, you say in your word that you will complete the work that you've started in us. And you've started something in these people's hearts, God, and we trust you to complete it. And Lord, you say in your word that you'll give us both the ability and the desire to follow you. God, we trust that you'll do it for these people. And in that moment, nobody else knew, but God came. I didn't want him to. <laughs> I didn't want to know that, that he was near. I didn't deserve him to come. Um, God came tonight, though. His presence so tangible, he didn't say anything. He was just here, mercifully, undeservingly here, near me. He just came. He knew I didn't want him to, but he knew I needed him to. And that night, for the first time, God started working in me, showing me that his cross is sufficient for the journey. 
that he is working out my salvation. He is. He is giving me the desire and the ability to follow him because he started awakening my heart, my very hardened heart, to him. Um, let me read you. Another quote from this book. What is the bravest thing you've ever said? Asked the boy. Help, said the horse. God responded to, to my help cry. <laughs> I didn't know that I asked for help. I just said, God, if you said this in your word, if you say that you'll give us the ability and the desire to follow you, then you do it. <laughs> and he said, I should say, you said, God, please help me. And I said, but I didn't say please. <laughs> and then, then I had to present Bible school. It's really good to, to be in community and to continue in good habits because God speaks to your heart even when you don't want him to. And I had to, um, I had to facilitate a first-year Bible school session on purpose, I think, or discipleship. I think the, course, the, the thing was discipleship. I was like, okay, I kind of get that. I'll just wing it. It's fine. And um, I was, <laughs> sorry, this is very bad. Don't do what I'm doing. <laughs> Don't do what I'm Because <laughs> my week was just busy and like, whatever. I'm not going to make excuses. But that night, the, the video was playing. And I was like, Devil, okay, you're going to play the video. And then I'm going to talk after the video. Hey, I was like, I'm just going to wing it. I'll just pay close attention to what the video is saying. And then I'll just wing it. <laughs> And I did that. And um, Ross was presenting just on purpose. And he said something that really freed me. For so long, I'd, I'd had this in my head that I have to work out my salvation creatively. Like, I have to figure out how to follow God in my own strength and creative ability. Like, I've got to think about how I must follow God. How must I do this? How must I solve this? How must I, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then he just said, our purpose as Christians is to mimic Jesus, is to mimic God. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, John was sitting in the, in the session. <laughs> you didn't notice that I winged it. Excuse <laughs> John. But God spoke to me so much in that, like, oh, I literally just have to copy God. Like, I just have to do what Jesus did. I just have to look for how God did stuff, how God does stuff. Like, I don't know, it was a revelation for me. Because um, I thought I'm, I had to figure, out, figure it out in my own strength. And then I remembered, oh, yeah, Jesus also said that. He said, I only do what I see my father doing. So, like, if, if Jesus just copied God, then surely I should do the same. Um, I just want to read from Matthew 11, verse 28. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And I really felt God was saying, there's two areas that I want you to to look more like me. There's two areas in your life that don't look a lot like me at the moment, which I felt was also very merciful because I think there's a lot more than just two areas. Um, but God just spoke to me about rest and forgiveness. 
and say that I, I don't forgive so well and I don't rest so well. And that should look more like him. And um, so I scheduled a, a weekend away to, um, to the beach because, yeah, that's a special place for me. And um, just started thinking about rest and forgiveness and just started looking in the word how God rested, how did Jesus rest, how did, how did he forgive, what does he say about forgiveness. Um, and then like, God just provided for the whole weekend. Somebody paid for my flights and somebody gave me free accommodation and um, everything was just provided for for my time with Jesus that weekend. And some people gave me um, nice smelling things and candles <laughs> and special gifts um, just to make my time there so precious with him. And I arrived there with this massive expectation, like, I'm going to spend time with God this weekend, and I'm so excited, which in itself is a testimony. Because a few months before that, I didn't even want to hear about spending time with God. or I was really so excited, and my small group was praying for, um, for me for the weekend and sent me a whole playlist for the weekend, which was really special. And um, I walked to the beach that morning, and and as I got on the beach, I just smelled the sea, and it just smelled like Jesus. And I was like, oh, you're here. <laughs> and then I just said to God, it's been so hard. And the reason it's been hard is because of you. <laughs> I'm hurt. And I'm disappointed because of you. And I was having this deep moment with God. And I was like, but actually I forgive you. Not because, not because God did anything wrong. Because I had a fence in my heart towards him. Because he didn't come through in the way that I wanted him to. And for me to just express and acknowledge what's going on in my heart doesn't intimidate God. It also doesn't change who he is. But he invited me to acknowledge where I'm at and to express the pain that I have so that I could come to a place where I can say, God, come. This part of my heart is hardened towards you. And in that deep moment, <laughs> a big wave came and I had to run. And then I laughed so much because, <laughs> because I was like, I'm having a deep moment with you and you just want to play. <laughs> and I laughed, like, because that's exactly what Andre does. Like, if I'm having this deep moment, <laughs> then he just wants to play. And it was so precious for me just to see God as my lover and just to see him as, like, he loves me and he hears me and he's with me. Come, let's play. It's going to be okay. Um, anyway, good. And it was a special time that morning. Um, I just want to read from Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which, so cl which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Okay, so here's a funny part of the story. The next morning, I, I wanted to um, have some coffee, but there wasn't milk, and I didn't have a car. And 
I was like, it's Kleinbrock, like Kleinbrock. How far can the shop be? It's, uh, I can walk. And I, <laughs> I was on the beach at the time, and I was like, okay, I've got my phone with me. Just put the GPS on and um, wanted to walk to the nearest shop. And I was like, oh, it's like 3.5 kilometers. That's not far. I can do that. And I um, started walking. And then the GPS wanted me to go, like, the hill but there's no road (laughs) and there's houses and it doesn't look like there's a way through and it's bushes and like but I don't know Kleinbrock so I'm going to follow what the GPS is saying this is weird I'm barefoot but it can't be that far and um and I start walking up the hill and there's like little little footpaths here and there um and at a point I was like yo this is a little bit weird because I can see that somebody has walked here before, maybe a while ago, because like now there's bushes covering it and cobwebs over the path and there's like thorns and stuff, but I can see like footprints or whatever. And in that moment, I realized, wow, I'm actually so encouraged. I'm strengthened to go this way because I can see someone has done it before. And I was like, wow, God, that's pretty profound. Like, that's how you encourage us. Like, others have walked the road that I'm walking before. And I can do this because someone has done it before. I can see someone has done it before. I won't do it exactly the same way, maybe, because maybe now he has a branch or a spider. Um, But I can do this. Um, And so often, like, even if, if there isn't a specific person that has walked the road that you're walking before you, Jesus has. Like, he's, he says that he goes before us, and he makes our path straight if we trust him. So I was walking up the hill, and then I had to walk through houses, like, literally through their garden. I was like, oh, my word, this is like a holiday holiday town. There's going to be, like, beams and alarms in the garden. <laughs> I was like, please don't let there be alarms, because now I'm, like, walking through the houses <laughs> like this. I'm getting through to the other side. And then, finally, there was a road. And the road had tar, and on the sides of the roads was like just thorns and stuff. And I'm barefoot, and it's cold. And I don't normally walk barefoot, so like my feet are really soft. Um, and it was starting to get quite uncomfortable. I just want to read from Hebrews 12, verse 1 to f- from 12 and 13. Consider him, it says, do not grow weary. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And God was just talking to me about the journey that we are on. Like, it's painful, and sometimes we feel we're ill-equipped for, for the journey, like walking barefoot on Tor Road in the middle of winter. It's cold, it's painful, there are people alongside the road, like people noticed. People are like, why are you not wearing shoes? And, oh, I can see you're struggling. That's weird. Why did you do this? Like, and a lot of people notice and intentionally look away because what if they have to get involved and help you? Or like, what if you notice that they noticed that you're struggling and they didn't do anything and then they're going to feel guilty because they didn't help you? And there's so much that I could relate with in people's responses to my awkward journey. Because in our journey with Azile, so many people don't know how to respond. 
And so many people don't know how to help. And so many people choose to look away. Or so many people say weird things that you're like, wow, if you just kept quiet, you would have been, like, clever. <laughs> you, that, was, that was not clever. Um, some people say stuff. Like, Afri Afrikaans is quite popular in, um, in the Western Cape. And it was so funny walking past and the work workers are like, Where's your schooner? <laughs> Near this coat? <laughs> yeah, it is cold. Where are your shoes? Amazing. Like, I didn't plan this, clearly. Um, and so many times in our journey, so much stuff happens that we didn't plan. But we're walking, and God is walking with us. And then I started going down a hill, and um, the most beautiful, beautiful, beautiful views that I wouldn't have seen if I didn't go on this journey. So much beauty in my pain and my discomfort towards getting the milk, my prize, um, at the shop. I know that's awkward, but <laughs> Jesus had a better prize. <laughs> um, and realizing that there's so much beauty that God shows us on the journeys that we walk. And there's so much that we wouldn't have experienced if we weren't on this, this journey that we're walking. And... Um, our journeys are not just for ourselves. Our journeys are for, for those around us as well. Just like your testimony encourages me, just like my testimony encourages you or awakens something in you or shares something of God's heart in you, our journeys are for us. Our journeys are for one another. And our journeys are for God's glory. There's so much that we, that we learn. There's growth. There's perspective. There's understanding of ourselves and those around us. There's compassion to notice and to see other people's pain. And there's comfort. Something Henny said the other day when he was preaching on also something in 2 Corinthians about God comforting us and for us to comfort others the same way that we've been comforted by God. He said we can't be comforted without pain. There's no comfort without suffering. He said comfort without suffering, comfort without pain makes us comfortable. But comfort in suffering and pain enables us to become comforters to others, enables us to be comforted by God. Okay, here's my last point. Oh, I got the milk, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and I had great coffee. Um, the next morning, um, you know, th that night I was able to forgive a lot of people and start my journey of forgiving and being forgiven um, again. And I made a few calls and had a few visits with people that I'd kept at a distance because my heart was grumpy. Um, 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ then I am content with weaknesses insults, hardships, persecutions and calamities for when I am weak then I am strong 
I went to the beach the next morning, and I like expressing myself, like with creative things and whatever. And um, while I was walking on the beach, I just wrote on the beach, I feel held and seen by God. And in that moment, I really hoped that more people would walk past and see God sees and he holds us and he's with us. But it was really just an expression of what was going on in my heart. Um, and then I, I didn't have a, a limit of time or whatever. And I was like, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to draw a big heart in the sand. And I'm just going to start packing like shells and things on, on this heart for no reason. And I started doing that. <laughs> and I probably spent three hours <laughs> on the beach just packing this heart. And it was so much fun. And I was singing. And I think people thought I was crazy, but that's fine. Um, and as I, as my heart was starting to take shape and get full, the picture, I was like, wow, actually, I really love the way it looks. Like, there's a little piece of um, broken green pumpkin, what's that? Uh, what, are, what are those little green pumpkin things that are in the sea? A sea? Urchin, urchin, a sea urchin. There were little pieces of green, broken um, shell, eat sea urchin. <laughs> and um, there was like a half a crab leg and like, there was like a lot of broken pieces, but different colors and like a little stone here and a little shell there and like, and it looked so beautiful. And then God just showed me that he's not intimidated by my brokenness. When he looks at me, that's beautiful. And it was so freeing to realize that it's my brokenness that glorifies him. Like it's in my weaknesses that his strength is perfected. That's where his, his strength comes to the forefront. It's in that. When he looks at all these little broken pieces of his bride with all of us, so colorful in our brokenness. It's beautiful. When he looks at us, he sees the, the full picture. He sees where his blood covers. He sees where he's forgiven and made whole. And he sees where we're still half a crab leg. <laughs> we were painting the other day with, um, with my kids, and Joshua painted, <laughs> Mika thought I was crazy, she's 12, Joshua is 4, <laughs> and Joshua was just painting with red on the page, and he was like, I was like, wow, that's so beautiful, and Joshua's like, it's just a blob, <laughs> like, yep, it's just a blob, but that's kind of how I feel, I feel like my life is just a blob, but his sufficient grace makes it beautiful. Like what he sees is so different to what I see. So then I framed it and Mika still thinks I'm crazy because <laughs> it's just a blob. Um, but it speaks to me and it speaks to a lot in my heart. Um, ministry is the road to maturity and not the result of maturity. And us ministering to one another leads us closer to him, brings us understanding 
us journeying with God and sharing our testimonies. I don't mean ministering as in preaching. I mean ministering to one another, sharing our lives with one another, encouraging one another, sharing our brokenness, boasting in our brokenness. It's so different to the world, but God invites us to boast in our weakness. That's weird. I think it's weird. I'm going to read you another quote. The boy speaking to the horse again. When have you been at your strongest, asked the boy. When I have dared to show my weakness, said the horse. Don't, don't just take this book for it here. Paul says it too. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That it's not by my strength that I boast, or in my strength that I boast, and that the glory that is received is not for me, but in Christ's power that rests on me. I can't boast of my achievements, but I can boast of my weaknesses. I have many. But I stand here by God's grace. And in his strength, I am strong. Even when I'm weak. Colossians 2 verse 13, and this is the end. (laughs) And you who were dead in your trespasses, a blob, (laughs) and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. I want to close with this. With this quote, and then I'm going to pray for us. Sometimes I think you believe in me more than I do, said the boy. You'll catch up, said the horse. You know, maybe this morning you're here and you're like, God, actually, my heart is so far from you, and And I feel so smeared. (laughs) All I can see is my weaknesses and all I can see is how I failed. And I don't even know how I can glorify you anymore because look at what my life looks like and I've tried. I really know that God wants to encourage you that exactly that, exactly those weaknesses, exactly those failures... That's what his grace is sufficient for. That's what his blood is for, to come and blot out all our sins, all our failures. So we'd love to pray with you this morning if, if that's where you're at. Maybe we can just spend time in prayer as the band as the band ministers, just speak to God. Just acknowledge where you're at. 
He's not intimidated by your pain. He's not intimidated by your offense. He's not intimidated by your unforgiveness. He's not intimidated by your brokenness. He sees it. He knows you in your darkest moment. And he loves you (laughs) there. Father, I just pray, Lord, this morning that you'll come and cover us, God, again. Thank you, God, that your blood is sufficient for us, Father. Thank you, Lord, that we are forgiven and made whole. And thank you, Lord, that even in our brokenness, God, that we can glorify you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you encourage us to minister to one another, Lord, and that in that, maturity will come. Thank you, Lord, that as your bride, that we're made up of broken people that often hurt one another and feel disappointed and have expectations that aren't met or prayers that are unfulfilled or whatever it might be, God. But when you look at your bride, God, you love the colors we display. You love the textures that we bring with our stories, God, and how our stories are so different from one another, God, but that we, we can encourage one another, God. And, Lord, that you have come to bring comfort and comfort us, God, so that we can comfort one another. And in all this, God, we know, Lord, that your strength is made perfect in our weakness, God, that your, your grace is sufficient for us. Will you teach us, God, to be more like you, to mimic you and copy you and walk in your footsteps? Thank you for the road that you've set before us. Thank you, God, that you go before us. And thank you, God, that you place us in community that we don't have to walk alone. That we don't have to cry alone. That we don't have to rejoice alone. May your bride glorify you. And may we boast in our weakness so that your strength may be made perfect. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com